Hey everybody, my name is Nick. And I'm Caitlin. Thank you so much for tuning into Morning Breath today. If it's your first time with us, welcome. Morning Breath is a daily devotion where one of our pastors and a co-host read a chapter of the Bible the night before, come in the next day, and read on air with you guys, whether that's on YouTube, Spotify, or on the radio. If you're wanting to learn more about Morning Breath or just anything East Coast, you can find links in both our, to both our website and our app in the description down below. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into the Word. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. What is going on, Jessica? What is up? This is Morning Breath, and we take one chapter of the Bible, and we read it, and then we talk about what God is breathing on it. Morning Breath, sometimes I think about the name of our show, and I'm like, Hello. If people don't know, they're like, (laughs) well, the good thing, again, good and bad, is that I still cannot smell anything, so Morning Breath (laughs) isn't an issue with us. It's awesome. It's like the only good part of you not smelling. It's the only good thing. The only good thing. That's right. So, yeah, so we take a chapter of the Bible. We've been in the book of 1 Samuel in the Old Testament, and that's been great. I love going back to the Old Testament, and we're going to talk about this a little later, but the whole Bible is a story of Jesus, and we have this little Bible for our kids. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's the children's Bible I recommend to anyone who asks me what's the best children's Bible, the Jesus Storybook Bible. And the subtitle of it is Every Story Whispers His Name, Jesus. So we're going to talk about some types and shadows of Jesus that I found in 1 Samuel, mm. in the story of David and Goliath and all of those things. So That's fun. really cool. What's new with you? What's new with me? We're in, we're the, like the end of June already. Yeah. Vacation was good. Yep. And I uh, have another vacation planned this summer. Woo. This is like a summer of rest or a summer of shalom. We, yeah. we said in a message out there. Um, just finding that space to rest in, in Jesus. That doesn't mean I'm lazy. That, that just means that in my work, in my life, in yeah. my play, my home, in my family, in all the aspects that are important, that there's this sense of rest in Christ. And so, yeah, that just working on that. That message you did about Shalom and calling it the Summer of Shalom was the first week of June, I believe, and it was such a good message mm. if you want to go back. And speaking of trying to find our old messages or old morning breath recordings or our morning breath chapter list, you can go at eccc.us or yeah. our East Coast app, or you can call our church offices, 321-452-1060. Yeah, and YouTube is a great resource as well. You can yeah. watch the messages. You can watch this version of Morning Breath Mondays with Matt and Jessica. You know what? My grandma in Ohio commented on one of our YouTube uh, morning breaths. I was like, I don't even know how to comment on YouTube. That was so impressed. Good job, grandma. If you're watching, good John job. Black sent me something saying uh, he thought we were, did awesome. Aww. Just so you know. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, Johnny. Thanks, thanks so much. All right, so we've been doing a question, a personal question before our show. And um, this one was Lindsey Brown. Again, Lindsay like stacked us up with questions. And the question for today is, what is your favorite sandwich and why? Favorite sandwich? You have to go first. I, I, I know, because I know the question first. So my favorite sandwich, funny enough, and this might be yours too, is fried bologna with mustard and that cheese that is not real, but it's so good when it's melted. <laughs> American cheese. <laughs> no, that's good. That's a good sandwich. Yeah. It's like our vacation sandwich. <sighs> we don't have it at home because that's I, I very don't, That's not my favorite sandwich. Um, that's a good sandwich, though. Fried bologna with American cheese, yeah. mustard, and a pickle. No pickle. Okay. A Cuban. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite. But you know what sandwich I thought of when you said that immediately? What? A BLT. Oh. I don't know why. I never eat them. 
but I love a BLT. We never have tomatoes. But let me tell you. That's why you don't eat yeah. them because I don't like tomatoes. I don't buy tomatoes. The best Cuban, though, is in Merritt Island at the Flying, Flying Fish. Fish Cafe. Yep. It's the best, Shout best Cuban. Out. So good. And listen, I know my Cubans. Cubans from Miami, <laughs> Cubans from Key West, Cubans from Homestead, Cubans, Cubans from, Cuba? from Miramar. I've never been to Cuba, okay. but lots of Cuban people in South Florida. Amazing. But yeah. the reason why the Flying Fish Cuban is so good in Merritt Island is because it is a Puerto Rican Cuban sandwich, okay? Which means they use the Puerto Rican pork, oh, like, so which is the fried, they deep, they roast it, then they deep fry the pork. It is like amazing. I, I just... A Puerto Rican Cuban, yeah. and I hate. I'm sorry, all my Cuban friends, that I desecrated <laughs> your, your special <laughs> sandwich by bringing in the Puerto Rican culture. But it's oh so my good. gosh, so uh, I want one today. Go to the I'm fish. going today. Tell Matt sent you. I'm gonna go and get one today. Okay, hundred percent. Get me one too. It's happening. Cool. I'm gonna get two for me, one for you. Okay. Okay, right. let's, uh, let's read. We're in 1 Samuel 17. <laughs> Big stuff here, David and Goliath. We did not get paid by the Flying Fish Cafe, by the way, this morning, although it sounds no. like we did. All right, yes. But you should pay us. Just kidding. Flying Fish. <laughs> With Cuban sandwiches. It's so good. Now we're moving on to 1 Samuel. What a segue. Chapter 17, and it's, like you said, David and Goliath. So it's a very well-known story, but it's, I see new things in it every time. Every time, it. literally. It's so powerful. And it's a really long chapter. So I'm going to read two verse... 29. Perfect. Okay. Please read. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle and were assembled at Soko, which belongs to Judah, and they camped between Soko and Azekah in Ephes Damim. Saul and the man, men of Israel were gathered together and they camped in the Valley of Elah and assembled in battle formation to meet the Philistines. The Philistines were standing on the mountain on one side and Israel was standing on the mountain on the other side with the valley between them. Then a champion came out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor overlapping metal plates, which weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had bronze shin protectors on his legs. It reminds me of like soccer. <laughs> had like bronze shin protectors and a bronze. <laughs> Didn't want to get kicked in the shins. Nope. And a bronze javelin <laughs> hung between his shoulders. The wooden shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. The blade head of his spear weighed 600 shekels of iron and a shield bearer walked in front of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the battle lines of Israel, saying to them, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not the Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall become our servants and serve us. Again the Philistines said, I defy the battle lines of Israel this day. Give me a man so we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of Ephrathite of Bethlehem in Judah, named Jesse, or uh, of the Ephrathite of Bethlehem in Judah, named Jesse, who had eight sons. Jesse was old in the days of Saul, advanced in years among men. His three older sons had followed Saul into battle. The names of his three sons who went to battle were Eliab the firstborn, next Abinadab, and third Shammah. David was the youngest. Now the three oldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's flock at Bethlehem. The Philistine, Goliath, came out morning and evening and took his stand for 40 days. Remember that, 40 days. Then Jesse said to David, his son, Take for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and run quickly to the camp of your brothers. Also, take these ten cuts of cheese to the commander of the unit. See how your brothers are doing and bring back news of them. Now there was Saul and all the men with Israel in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David got up early in the morning, left the flock with the keeper, picked up the provisions, and went just as Jesse had directed him. And he came to the encampment as the army was going out in battle formation, shouting the battle cry. 
Israel and the Philistines drew up in battle formation, army against army. Then David left his provisions in the care of the supply keeper and ran to the ranks and came and greeted his brother. As he was talking with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, named Goliath, was coming up from the army of the Philistines, and he spoke these same words again, and David heard him. When the men of Israel all saw the man, they fled from him and were very frightened. The men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who is coming up? Surely he's coming up to defy Israel. The king will reward the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter in marriage and make his father's house, family, free from taxes and service in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him. What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes the disgrace of his taunting from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God? The men told him, that is what will be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard what he said to the, man and, to the men, and Eliab's anger burned against David, and he said, Why have you come down here? With whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumption, overconfidence, and the evil of your heart, for you have come down in order to see the battle. But David said, What have I done now? Was it not just a harmless question? Verse 30? Is that me? I thought you said 34. Okay. Then <laughs> he turned from him toward another and said the same thing, and these people answered him, as the first ones did. Now, when the words of David, which David spoke, were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling which was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when David looked about, excuse me, and when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear? I cracked my voice because he's just a youth, sorry. <laughs> and with a javelin? But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, which you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with his sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give it to, into our hands. 
That's a word right there. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to David that David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine in the forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistine as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell among the road to Shereem, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from the chasing of the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. When Saul uh, saw David was going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? Abner said, As your soul lives, O king, I do not know. So the king said, Inquire whose son this young man is. Then David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine. Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse the Bethlehemite. Amen. Amen. So gross when you really think of it. It's like comes with the head of Goliath and this massive, like seven foot something guy is like yeah. you're carrying his head around. Yeah. I mean it's real. It's real. It's a war. <laughs> They're in war. I know, it's crazy. It's just when you really think about what is happening. I think the best way that you can approach your Bible is to be curious and ask those questions and to think about it and make it like, that's real. That's gross. There was blood. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> what stuck out for you? Or I will start. Yeah, I got a I just got a question, you know. David's fighting Goliath. Um, what what is a big battle that you have fought? Um, what's something that you've faced in this world that you've you've uh, even overcome? What give me something? Um, I would say that my parents got divorced when I was young, when I was seven, and that is that moment in time. But then it affects your whole life. Like it affects. It literally affected my physical life because I was then going to my dad's on Monday and Tuesday and to my mom's on Wednesday and Thursday. And then every other weekend, I was going back and forth. And so at seven years old, like my whole life was upended. And um, that was a battle and it has been a battle. And even, you know, you grow up and then you have your own kids and you kind of see through their eyes. And um, there's been the battle of forgiveness and holding on to things and all of those things. And that's something that I'm continually overcoming and have overcome in massive ways. Mm, that's good. In fact, you know, when we talk uh, in First Samuel 21, I want to talk about a certain kind of battle called the second battle. But as far as next a big, week. yeah, next, next week, but big battle for me probably would be um, probably dealing with uh, confidence, and dealing with feeling shame and not um, not good enough, not uh, like I can't perform well enough or nothing's good enough, um, and how people view me, I take hurtful words to heart, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. rather than filtering them through 
something in this chapter. Yeah. Which I'll get to in a second. But I think what really stood out to me in this chapter is that David kept saying, when he was talking about Goliath, he kept saying over and over, he is coming against the armies of the Lord. Yes. You are defying the armies of God. Yep. And he said it three times in a row while I was reading uh, verse 36. And even Saul echoed it, go and the Lord be with you. But even the way that Saul said that, David knew the Lord was with him because he kept defining the reality. I am not fighting. I am in the army of God. He is fighting for us. Mm -hmm. And I think that that actually helps us and helps me with my battle, my lack of confidence, is to know that the battle is not mine alone, yeah. but I am in the Lord's army. He yep. is my general. He is my king. He is actually my father. You know, mm -hmm. um, in this chapter, he's like, whose father are you? Jesse the Bethlehemite, yes. okay? And uh, you say, hey, Matt, who's your father? Uh, God. Jessica, who's your father? God. Mm -hmm. Pastor Dan, who's my dad. Who's your father, Pastor Dan? The God. Go God? Yeah. The God of gods? Yeah. The King of kings? Yeah. The Lord of lords? The maker of the heavens and the earth? And he'll deliver our enemies into our hands. That's where my confidence needs to come from. And when you realize that God uh, made you because he loves you, not because he wants your performances to be this or that. Mm -hmm. You know, Saul was very interested in what he looked like in front of people. Some would say he, he had David put that armor on so that maybe people would think that if him. he won the battle, if David won the battle, it was Saul's armor. Yeah. They, many people would have thought that was Saul right. that did that. Um, and uh, Saul was just very interested in being known and taking credit for everything. Mm -hmm. But I think David was more interested in being a part of the Lord's army. And I think a lot of that for Saul came out of his insecurity. Because, I mean, every time he went to fight a battle or he was up against opposition, it was like he would trembled and he was greatly afraid. You know, so he had major insecurity and he did not have his confidence in the Lord. Mm -hmm. It never said that Saul trusted in God, right? But it says here in verse 26, where are we? Back. 26. Then David spoke to the men who were standing there by him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine? And then he doesn't even wait for an answer. He says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he has taunted and defied the armies of the living God? And David had faith not in himself, but in God's ability to vanquish Goliath. Yeah. Now, I thought this was interesting, though, because as soon as he spoke that out and he spoke out that confidence and his motives were pure, it says his brother overheard him and actually accused him out of jealousy. He, in verse 30, Eliab, or 28, his oldest brother, heard what he said, and Eliab's anger burned against David, and he said, why have you come down here? With whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? He's like, just cutting him down left and right. I know your overconfidence and the evil of your heart, for you have come down in order to see the battle. And he's just accusing him. And I thought back of like, why was he so angry? And it had to go back to the time when Eliab, who's the oldest, when Samuel came to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be the next king of Israel. And Eliab was, he's the oldest, he's the most, he was probably um, the most likely choice. He was like, nope, not him. And they went down every son, nope, not him, not him, not him. And it ends up being David. And they saw that. And they that started that process of like jealousy and resentment. And I just thought that was so interesting, but I really love David, what David did here. And I think we need to learn from this. So Eliab accuses him. 
And instead of dealing with Eliab and getting mad, mad at him and like t- telling him where to go and what the real story was, it says in verse 30, it says, then David turned away from Eliab to someone else and asked the same question. So he didn't put stock in what his brother thought about him. He didn't take it to heart. It might've been hurtful, but he didn't take it to heart and engage that um, that banter, that slander, that direct assault against his character even, or against his motives. He didn't take the time to be like, no, wait, you, you can't think that about me. How dare you think that about me? Like he actually turned away from him he didn't, yeah, he didn't engage in the argument. No, he was like, I'm not. Didn't entertain it. Right. I'm not going to waste my energy on this guy. Can who, I say something else about that? Yeah. So he did the same thing with Goliath. So Goliath is like, you're a dog. Like, who is this little punk? And he goes, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Yeah. Doesn't like, even acknowledge it. Yeah. He's like, and I will strike you and take your head from you. That's good. And he ends it with. And the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle oh, is the Lord's, yeah. and He will give you into our hand. He doesn't go, "Oh, I'm a dog." No, you're a you're a you're a big hippopotamus. So we're like <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't try to argue with him. Right. He just literally he is so focused on God is going to give him this battle yes. that he will not entertain any other thought. He won't get combative with this person. He, he No, the Lord is going to give us this victory. I mean, I'm so fired up about that. We could learn. We need to learn. I could learn a little that. lesson we from that. We could learn a lot from that. Like when things are coming, when someone is coming at us with rejection, I have in my Joyce Meyer. Or fear. Yep. Or anything. Amplified Bible. It says this, this whole passage about this particular scripture says reject rejection. So someone rejects you, reject the rejection. Don't even take it in. Don't even allow it to plant a seed in your heart because that's where bitterness and strife and all those things start rising up and it's just a waste of time. So I love that David modeled that to him. He turned away from the guy who was just like accusing him left and right. He turned away and I got focused on literally Goliath is getting chippy with him. And when he's like, the battle is the Lord's and he's going to deliver us in your hands. You know, Goliath didn't say anything else. He had nothing else to say. Right. What do you He's, say? Uh, no, uh, my lords will defeat you. Yes, you know, like gods right. are gonna get your god. And so, literally, that was the moment the battle began. Yeah. But it was also the moment the battle was won. For sure. When he gave God all the glory and all the credit and put it in God's hands. And yep. that's so hard sometimes because, like you're saying, you know, things will come at us, and uh, we're not filtering them through the right. Um, baseline thinking, we oftentimes, we have baseline thoughts like, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I'll never succeed. Or I can't trust people. I can't mm-hmm. trust anyone. Uh, people don't like me. You know, we have these these thoughts that invade our thinking. Mm-hmm. And these would be called like basic cognitive thinking, like these baseline thoughts that we, when we hear something, we filter it through whatever that might be. And what we have to do is replace those thoughts with the truth of God's word. Like, if God is for me, who can be against me? Right. God loves me, and there are actually people I can trust. Yeah. Like, those are the baseline thinking that you have to put into your mind. And I got to tell you, it's hard, but that's something I've been working on a lot, like, in my life, is to have a new response. You know, in this last few, you know, seasons of my life, last couple years, I've moved from being, like, an associate pastor to a campus pastor to a teaching pastor to an executive pastor to a senior pastor. 
And with each movement forward has come a lot more responsibility. Mm -hmm. And it's more difficult because I can't rely on the old ways. I have to advance forward. Those old ways were helpful to get me there, but they're not going to get me forward. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I have to get a new type of thinking. The thinking that got me here will not get me further. It got me here, but to get forward moving my life, I've got to recognize more of who God is in my life and a more dependency on him because I'm being stretched to my limits, my my physical limits. I have to be uh, more reliant on the Lord mm-hmm. for my anointing and my strength and yeah. less on myself. Yeah, um, that's really good. We got only a few seconds left in the show. That's all uh, we got. Final word. Go read. Yeah. Go we, read the Bible. We love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this broadcast yes. with us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Share this broadcast with somebody if you want. Put it on your Facebook, your Instagram, and we'll see you next time. Yes, see you next time. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com.
For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.